Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Chat About History with me, Tom. So today I'm doing a slightly shorter episode and could possibly be perceived as less traditionally historical though. It is rooted in history and popular culture, I guess, and it's obviously, as you see in the title, looking at the links between Star Wars and Ancient Rome. So there's there's a lot of parallels in Star Wars with uh, you know many periods throughout history, but some of the most striking are with ancient Rome and looking at the transition from republics to empires, the the facade of democracy and republicanism that a tyrant can create, uh, and specific parallels between Roman politicians, uh, especially both Julius Caesar and Augustus Caesar. Uh, and uh, Chancellor Palpatine and figures within the Star Wars universe. But I, I, I guess at the root of it, we're looking at the role of ancient history and modern culture. And whilst there are obvious, obvious examples of this when you look at films such as Spartacus or play video games like Rome Total War, there are significantly more subtle influences uh, through things such as Star Wars, which are very based on historical concepts and inspired by history, but um, that's probably not directly obvious unless one has been uh, introduced to ancient Roman history before they they watch Star Wars. So I guess that the overarching the overarching link between between the two is this kind of transition from republic to empire that we see in Star Wars from the the transition between the first three. Uh, films four, five, and six, and then the the episodes one, two, and three, which obviously made made later. Uh, but both both the Star Wars universe and ancient Rome depict uh, an expansive republic led by a senate, whether that's the Roman Senate or the intergalactic senate, and uh, also that they you know their their utilization of war. So the senate's obviously in in the film. It's the they're fighting the Clone Wars, whereas in the in in Roman worlds they are fighting the Punic Wars from two six four to one four six BC, and in both cases the Republic that then transitioned into Empire uh, was was successful and victorious in that. So that's kind of the, that's the basis of both of these republics that are they're in their nature quite expansive and militaristic, but they are ultimately they have elements of, of democracy and. They're, they're not ruled by, a, by an individual. Uh, but that all kind of changes in the films, as we see with a, the, the elevation of Palpatine from the, the Chancellor up to the, the Emperor he becomes in the final three films. Uh, and, and a key role in that is Palpatine's control of the army. So we see Palpatine raises his own army in, in the films and with the clone trooper base on Kamino that Obi-Wan Kenobi visits and encounters Jango Fett at, uh, and then that army is what ultimately turns on the Jedis and the Republic and murders all the supporters of that Republic, uh, who were, they were believed they were on the same side as this army until uh, they, they reversed, reversed allegiance in favour of Palpatine. And obviously in the films this is all genetic and the clones are to some extent all, all linked by the fact they were created Created on Camino, but you know, in reality, in 
in in reality, in in the Roman reality, uh, there's there's a clear equivalent with with Caesar. And I won't say Caesar in this bit. I'm talking about Julius Caesar. Now he obviously has a loyal army from all his Gallic campaigns, and this army is loyal to Caesar over any other Roman general. Uh, to the extent that they will follow him across the Rubicon in 49 BC, uh, which is a direct violation of the of the Senate, and then turn on the Senate uh, and their own, uh, you know, the other Roman soldiers that were loyal to the Senate who weren't in Caesar's army, and they ultimately beat them at Pharsalus in 48 BC. But in both these cases, you see you see an army loyal to an individual rather than the the uh, institution that individual is supposedly aligned with. And in the case of Rome, the, the troops were very reliant on their own general to achieve their payment, their veteran packages, and in that sense, the army was naturally tied to the individual rather than the state. And that's a key key issue, as we saw there, and more generally in the collapse of the Roman Republic. <laughs> and incidentally also, as I'm pointing out, it was a key theme raised in the Star Wars trilogy. So keeping on the vein of Julius Caesar and Palpatine, we see that both of them they extend extend their rule gradually uh, over time. Uh, you know we see this with Palpatine as he as he extends his rule during the wars, uh, the Clone Wars, and then uh, until obviously he becomes the emperor and is emperor for life until he's killed in the final film by Luke Skywalker. Um, well, yeah, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader together, and. Caesar holds multiple consulships, as we can see, as we know, you know, in 59 BC and then 48, 46, 45 and 44, although then obviously a lot of the last ones are after he's already um, in the position of dictator, which he is um, first given in 46 BC for 10 years. So we can see the transition from holding these consulships where he is actually surrounded by equals uh, and he has a partner in his consulship uh, and he's involved in the Roman institutions just to then dramatically after he marches on Rome, holding a dictatorship, but still somehow integrated within the, the traditional Cursus Honorum with his, um, con he's, as he's holding the consulship as well, until 44 BC, where he is declared dictator for life, uh, and which is described as, frankly, a tyranny by Plutarch. And we can see that in both cases, the leaders extend their rule gradually to the point where they are ruling for life, but it's it's less of a set moment and more of a gradual progression uh, up to the ranks and then creating steps beyond the initial rankings in place to secure lifelong leadership for themselves. And just to round off on this on this bend of thought, both of them are interestingly less politically, but just it's interesting that they're both betrayed by someone who they trusted, as um, Darth Vader betrays Palpatine, or, you know, Darth Vader is Anakin, and Brutus kills Caesar, along with you know the other senators. Uh, and just another point on that: both both of them, uh, Brutus fought against Caesar uh, at Pharsalus, but Caesar forgives him. And Anakin obviously wasn't initially aligned with Palpatine; he was aligned with the Jedi. So both of them were betrayed uh, by someone, but that they trusted, but also who uh, who used to be against them, which is you know another little interesting parallel. Uh, but beyond Julius Caesar, there's a there's a lot of because you know unlike Julius Caesar, Palpatine isn't killed the second he establishes his dictatorship, and in many ways the legacy of Julius Caesar very clearly lives on through Augustus Caesar, 
or Octavian, uh, who therefore has similarities with, with Palpatine, but, but primarily in the pretense of upholding this republic that, that, Octavius, that um, Augustus supposedly um, restores when actually he is establishing an empire for, for himself. And the, the, it's really a facade of republicanism. So this kind of facade in the Roman sense can be seen with the first constitutional settlement in 27 BC, excuse me, where the, and, and the retention of the Cursus Honorum. So it looks from the outside in like everything has been maintained. But actually, we, you know, the contemporary writers, Dio there, says uh, Augustus had sole rule for life. And Tacitus says the revolution was complete. And not in a sense of the army, oh, just like the French Revolution, but in that Augustus had enacted a complete revolution whilst making it seem as if everything had stayed the same. There are obviously writers who, who support Augustus, such as Valerius Paterculus, who's there saying the ancient and traditional form of the Republic was brought back, which is primarily just indicative of the fact that there was this, this belief to some extent, and Augustus definitely wanted to portray this belief, that nothing had changed when the reality was it had. And in the Star Wars world, we see Palpatine calling the Senate even after he has declared himself emperor. And to some extent, the Senate is supportive of this in the films. Whilst there are obviously members who are not, a lot of people are, due to this being such a tie in belief that, you know, that this empire was was required and needed. And that could be seen actually in, in Suetonius' comments, where he says that Augustus thought about restoring the, empire, uh, restoring, restoring the Republic, sorry, but didn't because it was in the best interest of the state for Augustus to remain the sole ruler, which is interesting in that some people really did buy into these rulers to the extent that they thought they were the best thing rather than democracy and republicanism, and they could sacrifice those freedoms for the stability provided by the sole rulers, which you know, is very obvious in, in Roman society that actually there were, you could arg arguably, some improvements under Augustus, as you know, there were less factions in competition, and there was a degree of stability with, with one rule. But, finally, Augustus uh, completed this, this uh, revolution, or uh, pretense, with his second constitutional settlement, where he was granted Tribunicia Potestas in 23 BC, which ultimately was granting him the powers of emperor without the title of being an emperor or a king or a sole ruler for life. So overall we can see real similarities in the political institutions and progressions in both the Star Wars franchise and in the ancient Roman Republic and early empire. There are also other other parallels in the films such as the, the pod racing that we see in uh, The Phantom Menace and the chariot racing that we know occurred in occurred in Rome where both very you know you can't help but watch the pod racing scene and it resonates with images of chariots in ancient Rome, and also architecture in the uh, Naboo government building in the films does look very similar to Roman architecture, such as the Pantheon. Uh, but it's not only the Roman world that Star Wars um, is based on and draws from, uh, and actually Carl Rubino, uh, the classical scholar, sees a lot of uh, parallels with Greek mythology, looking at themes such as incest, which doesn't directly occur, but there's it's alluded to between Luke and Leia in the, the final films, and how that resonates with myths such as that of Oedipus, although uh, the Hollywood version is slightly toned down and less gruesome than, uh, than the Greek version.
and how Luke Skywalker kind of adopts the role of a demigod, similar to Achilles in his journey for good versus evil against that, with his with his sidekick Han Solo, who uh, in some ways has uh, has elements of Odysseus in him uh, as a sh- kind of a shrewd, you know, he he's 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 good, but it's kind of shrewd. He's opportunistic. Uh, so, so you can see there's it's not just Roman, but there's, there's elements of Greek mythology uh, within the story as well. Uh, but, but overall, we're we're really just seeing that that both these things prove there is ancient inspiration for popular culture today. And you know, I think it's fair to say if you like Star Wars and you you enjoy watching Star Wars, then you you should like Roman politics. But they aren't they aren't directly aligned, and one would not necessarily think you know I'm fascinated by Roman politics because they love Star Wars. And, and really, the film you can argue has a deeper meaning of the pointing out the fragility of democracy. You know, it might be a little bit naive of me to try and put a deeper meaning into Star Wars, but I do think it is there that the film, to some extent, is analysing democracy and its collapse, especially in the transition between between the two films and in the you know the episodes one, two, and three that were made later. Definitely analyses the fragility of democracy and the shifting power dynamics between leaders. You know, to a great to a great deal. And, you know, that fragility of democracy is also interesting in the context of the 20th century, where democracies had had collapsed two tyrants relatively repeatedly. And the film was in the immediate aftermath of the Watergate scandal and, you know, what that what that was to say about democracy. Uh, But, yeah, I hope I've elucidated some comparisons between Star Wars and ancient Rome and, you know, made you think a little bit more differently about a lot of people wielding lightsabers and actually that there possibly is a a deeper political meaning beneath the plot uh i really hope you've enjoyed and please check out all of my other episodes if you have enjoyed this one